Welcome everyone, I'm Gary McKillops and this is Sports Across the Board. Our guest today is Annie Hoffman. Annie's the owner of Annie Hoffman LLC, which specializes in media training for sportscasters, entertainment figures, and CEOs. She's even trained Navy SEALs, models, and actors. Before starting her own company, Annie spent many years in the media. She wrote sports and entertainment stories for ESPN.com, FoxSportsBiz.com, and ABC Sports. She also did on-air reporting for the Fox News Channel, CNBC, and Court TV, and was named the best reporter for CBS Sportsline in 1996. Annie, welcome to Sports Across the Board. Oh, thank you, Gary. Love being here. So uh, I noticed today uh, you every so often post some Facebook uh, testimonials, and today you talked about uh, your encounter with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that? That's kind of a neat story. Oh, Kareem was amazing. I tell you what, I really wanted to interview him after I read his book, Black Profiles and Courage, which is such a great book. I could not put it down. And I just thought... Kareem had so many interesting facets of, about him. You know, he coached a young basketball team um, on a reservation. And what a smart guy, right? And he also had that career in Hollywood. So I reached out to the folks that work with him. And I think it took me a little bit of time, but I was able to get him for an interview. And I would, was doing sports entertainment reporting at the time for a show on CNBC. So I did a live shot with him and I got to tell you, he was so fun. I, when I went to his home, I, I'm a big fan of going over the questions with the folks I interviewed right before we go on air. I went over everything and I said, you know, he was engaged with that actress, Pam Greer at one point. Mm-hmm. And at the time that movie was big that she was in Jackie Brown. And I said, do you mind if I ask you about that? He said, you can ask me anything you want. He said, you know what, Annie? He said, why don't you do this? He said, I'm going to go take a nap. Whenever you're done, just come get me. You the crew's done setting up. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. And then the, the funny part was I said, is there anything you have a concern about? I'm, I'm always a big fan of also being super respectful when you're in people's homes. And he said, just be careful about my Oriental rug. You might want to roll that up. And I said, okay, absolutely. And he was so good. The tricky part, Gary, as you know, because you've interviewed a lot of basketball players, is that interviewing someone so tall, I'm five eight, but still he's seven foot. So I had to, um, I put him in the rocker that the LA Lakers gave him. And I said, how, I go, where's that rocking chair that the LA Lakers gave you when you retired? I said, how about if you sit in that and then I'll stand by you <laughs> and then we can at least get in the same shot. Perfect. And, uh, and he was amazing. You know, what was interesting when you look back on it, too, is he, I, I, this stands out in my mind about that interview. He was talking about how players played when he was coming up. Um, of course, my dad was a huge fan of Larry Bird and Kareem. And how they really, off the court, were such good friends and had such respect for each other and really played as a team. And he said it was really about the team. I think, you know, since Sports Center came about and everything, it became more individual about making the highlights on Sports Center. And he said, he was talking to me about how the game changed. And I thought it was fascinating. Such a brilliant guy. Yeah, he is. He's terrific. Very cerebral. Uh, you can tell the way he talks. He, he's very thoughtful and uh, just a, a great guy all the way around. Not to mention his uh, being one of the best basketball players ever. So. Anyway, the uh, sports talk landscape today 
features a lot of people who like to yell at each other. <laughs> now, <laughs> I mean, you know, Stephen A. and Mad Dog, and I mean, it happens on all these shows. They, is this something that, uh, I guess it attracts viewers, right? That's why they do it. I'm not a huge fan of it myself, but I know there's definitely, that appeals to certainly a percentage of the viewers and listeners. I feel like you could find someone to do that kind of type of show fairly easy. I think it takes a lot more to do where you come up with some more thought-provoking kind of questions. And I'm not a fan of being ugly. I always feel like you never have to say anything ugly about anyone. You could say something that maybe puts questions in people's minds or maybe, again, coming from a more thought-provoking kind of way. But uh, I think these things are cyclical. And they come in um, in and out of fashion. So there's definitely a room for it, but I think that'll uh, phase out at some point. You know, I came up at ABC Sports where you know, the Brett Musburgers, the Keith Jacksons, the Jim Kays. Oh, my gosh, Jack Whitaker was one of the best writers, I thought. The way they did it was had great questions, um, but also got across like thought-provoking issues and topics in the landscape you know you could be very entertaining but also write it from a space of really putting time and research into those things mm-hmm. yeah Cosell was uh, in the middle he was not uh, bombastic just for the sake of you know driving ratings or whatever he legitimately had a point of view and he was just very determined to get that across no matter what which I guess was part of his success certainly what I think is lost about Howard is that he was truly, and I think a lot of people that worked at ABC Sports with him at the time would say this, one of the most brilliant broadcasters. You know, he was an attorney by trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he also under the, understood the art of entertainment as well, which sports is really entertainment. Absolutely, it is. And he caught on to that very early. And he surrounded himself with well, Dandy Don, who was also an uh, an entertainer as much as an analyst, I guess. So uh, right. <laughs> this is a great combination. Well, I think back then, too, I think that Rune Arledge, who was really probably known as the person who really was the brilliant mind behind a lot of early sports television and sports broadcasting, he really got thought was so brilliant at picking on-air talent. Probably was my inspiration for getting into training talent quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that's how it all began. Did you did you play sports when you were in high school or whatever? Or how, how did you really get involved in the sports uh, scene? Well, I grew up, as you know, in Cleveland. And I always would say to people, sports in that area was such a big part of everyday life. I played football in middle school. I played, I always played softball. I was always on bowling teams. (laughs) Like it was such a part of your life to always be playing sports. Of course, my brother played on a bunch of teams and that was our weekends. I always went to sporting events. And I remember, you know, my dad and I would go to baseball games or going to the Browns games or the Cavs. And my uncle was an NFL coach. My cousin was an NFL coach. And I used to always say when I was teaching at the NFL for years, I'd always say we were too poor to take a vacation. So we would just go visit aunt, my aunt and uncle and we'd be around the training camp. And I would talk to my uncle about coaching. And so to me, it almost seemed odd when I was coming up and there weren't as many women coming in sports at the time. When people would make a big deal about me working in sports as a woman, and I would say, oh, my gosh, all my girlfriends, I 
grew up with no way more than I do I'm sure <laughs> because it was such a part of your everyday life I'm sure if I was a guy I probably would have been a coach mm -hmm. a football coach mm -hmm. but uh, I fell in love with media and sports broadcasting and live television and I was just lucky enough to be around some of the greats at a very early age which inspired me that's really why I started my business as a way to kind of pay back and share all the knowledge that they were willing to share with me at such a young age and teach me the right way to do things. When you say some of the greats, you're talking about athletes or are you talking about sportscasters themselves? Well, the funny thing is a lot of the great athletes were the sportscasters, of course, coming uh, oh, yeah. You know, into sports television. But I worked at ABC in college. When I say worked, I freelanced as a production assistant, stage manager, and things like that. And that's what you do when you're starting out. But I worked at ABC and CBS and ESPN. So, gosh, think of all the people Al Michaels, Keith Jackson, the great college football announcer. Oh my gosh, Boomer, Al Troutwick, who does the Yankees. Um, yeah. <laughs> the list goes on and on. It was just amazing. And then thinking about all the great athletes, you know, the Bob Greasies of the world. I'm looking at his autographed football right now. Um, he was an analyst at ABC Sports. It was just, it was amazing. And I think at the time, I almost took it a little for granted. It, it would be friends of mine that not necessarily in the business here, more in entertainment, is that you do realize you work with the best of the best, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel such gratitude and I have such pride. I absolutely love this business still to this day. I love helping others that want to get into it. And I just, I am way more excited for them when they have success than I ever was for myself. Mm -hmm. Whether it's an athlete being interviewed in front of the camera or whether it's someone that wants to interview the athlete and share everything that was shared with me, that would make me so happy. And it's kind of my way of paying back for all the people that took time out for this poor girl from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> 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 that was so ambitious. I used to resist the idea that you would have what Howard Cosell would call the jockocracy, where you have former athletes in the booth. That's changed quite a bit because some of them are pretty good but what do you think of this well, i will say years ago i used to say gosh when there weren't any athletes doing play-by-play -play, i guess when you think about it you could, I could make an argument of course about pat summerall right mm -hmm. i used to always say gosh i would love that opportunity to work with someone that went to do play-by-play -play. for the most part they typically take the route of being an analyst but gary i think if someone has the talent, willing to do the work and willing to always improve, and that's what they want to do, I'm all for it. May the best person win. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, uh, there's uh, always going to be room for good people because sometimes people say to me, well, it's so competitive. And I said, absolutely, it's very competitive. But I said, so are a lot of other fields. And I think now more so than ever because I remember when I was starting out back in the day, there were three TV stations. Uh, there were no sports radio stations. The jobs were five-minute sports wrap-ups every, well, during drive time, basically. So, I mean, there wasn't much available. Now, there's sports everywhere. So it's got to be encouraging for a lot of young people, right? America's thirst for sports entertainment is never going to go away. Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine that happening. So there's always going to be opportunities. Now, it's, it changes. Nowadays, there's a lot, a lot of outlets, but the pay has changed because there's a lot more people that could do it. 
sometimes my clients have four to five different jobs. Mm-hmm. They're doing local radio, they're doing local TV, they're doing national TV, national radio, and maybe doing something on a digital space. So that's what's probably changed a lot, I noticed, with, uh, as far as broadcasting, so to speak. But it's so funny to me, too, because I just had someone reach out to me that is at a station, and this person would like to work, they do news, but they'd also like to do sports on the side. And I said, you know, years ago, you would never think that you could work at a different network or a different outlet. But nowadays, that's changed. I think it's almost becoming a lot more accepted. What percentage of athlete of ex-athletes do you think really make it in the, at a major level? It's a very small percentage because there's just not that many positions. But there's always going to be room for a talented, hardworking athlete that's transitioning into sports broadcasting. And in many ways, as we were talking about, is that there are more opportunities. You just maybe don't get the one full-time position at a network but you can get a lot of different things that would add up to a nice, nice career. And quite honestly, I work with athletes who not only do their sport that they happen to be super successful in, they maybe do another sport that maybe they played in high school as well. So that's another thing I think is really exciting. Mm-hmm. I know what I was trying to think of before, and that is that the pay is not very good still. I talked to Tom Hamilton, who is the play-by-play oh, yeah. guy for the Indians. And yeah, I know Tom destined for the Hall of Fame, I'm sure. But anyway, he was saying that the the big reason that a lot of people don't make it, particularly in his field, play-by-play, is that they get into it and they give up. Because in baseball, you have to do your time in the minor leagues. And if you can't stand that financially or whatever, you're not going to make it. So there's a lot of good people who just say, I can't do it, you know? I guess that's one of the attributes you have to have is stick to Well, I always say being persistent and consistent because even when I was starting out in college in the business and sometimes I'd intern for no money and sometimes I would get, you know, I got a little bit of money when I'd work on some shows for ESPN and CBS back then. But I also, in between, I was putting myself through college, I would cocktail waitress or I always had other, I always had like three or four jobs <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh, that went on for you know quite a while i remember working in new york in pr full-time in new york was very expensive so i'd work on saturdays on the abc sports college football student show mm-hmm. in the graphics in chiron mm-hmm. so you have to really really want it i even tell my athletes who are transitioning sometimes you know a little bit of a shock to them after they've done quite well typically like in the NFL or NBA, and I'll say you can't get caught up in the money right away. Uh-huh. Just you got to pay your dues just like you had to do in your sport. But if you're willing to do that, and for quite a while, you have a nice career. Absolutely. I've had the likes of Tim Tebow and RG3 and Jeff Francoeur and Steve Young on this show, and they're all, wow. they're all really, you know, well-polished. I mean, uh, it, it amazed me. RG3, I think of all, all of them, seem to be the most smooth, polished. Uh, he was great. But uh, and, and, and the same with Tim. And Jeff has made a remarkable transition to the booth where he's now doing network stuff for TBS during the playoffs. Yeah. And of course, we all know about Steve Young, who I don't know why ESPN let him go, but that's another story. <laughs> that's the business. <laughs> but anyway, 
did you work with any of these people and, and what makes them so good? How did they become successful? How did they make this transition? For years, I taught at the NFL broadcast boot camp. I would see some players that naturally were pretty gifted at it. And I'd always tell people, because I could tell the other players would be looking at them like, wow, he's really, he's really good. I think that'd feel a little disheartened. And I'd say, quite honestly, I would take the harder worker over than naturally gifted any day. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's people that know how to communicate in a succinct way and have a good intuition or a good feeling if they've not been taught on how to communicate the most important points in a quick way, you know, how to interview people, how, you know, where to look, what to say, have the confidence in the way you're speaking, be really present, be authentic. So there's a lot, there's actually a lot more that goes into it, as you know, Gary, Mm -hmm. to be good on camera. But some people intuitively are pretty good at it right away. And what's interesting is sometimes people will think, because I'll have agents call me about different clients, and some of them will say, oh, I got it. And I'll say, you know, just some, because you've been interviewed a lot doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be good on air and broadcasting. Mm-hmm. There's so many more things that you got to learn how to work well with the crew. You got to learn how to like conduct yourself in a production meeting. You know, what are the right questions to ask in the coaches? You know, that you have the coaches calls before a game or things like that. How to prepare and work with your play by play person. How to work with people in a studio set. So there's so much more to it. But I also think that there's some athletes I've seen over the years where you could tell they're they're interested in and they'll just start asking a lot of questions and being around a lot of the broadcasting folks and mm-hmm. but some people just, you know, they have that gift and are naturally really good at it. Yeah, yeah. And you can spot it early, I guess, right? Well, it's like and I'm sure you've seen Gary, there's play by play announcers that gosh, early twenties and they're so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And play-by-play is very hard, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the the phenomena, I guess, of of the bigger networks, particularly ESPN, laying off people now is that a kind of a disturbing trend, as far as you're concerned? Well, I do think broadcasting. Just look at it, the business model. If people are cutting costs, cutting cable bills, it's going to affect the budgets, like at ESPN. It concerns me sometimes because I have 13-year-old twins who don't watch sports very much on television. They are big video gamers. They play sports. They don't watch a lot of it. So I thought, gosh, maybe my kids are just unique. (laughs) Or maybe they just hear their mom talking about it so much they don't want to do it. That's one thing. And then think about network television. Are people watching a lot of network television? Are you only watching some of the big games or I was talking to a football coach about this. His concern was, is there too much on? Like, are we going to get to a point where people just kind of start tuning it out? Mm -hmm. But really, the bottom line is ratings and money from cable. If those budgets get cut, they're going to continue to get cut. Dave Cohen, who is a former Yankee announcer, he lives lives in Atlanta now. But anyway, he was saying he was uh, worked for ESPN, freelance for them. And he said one day he turned on the TV and he went from channel to channel, but there were about six different shows that he was a part of. So, uh, wow, you know, they uh, uh, you're right. The saturation of sports everywhere is is absolutely amazing. And 
you know, you can turn on any time of day and see a uh, women's uh, soccer game or, you know, volleyball or whatever. It's just crazy. But the good thing is, that's what it kind of goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier, too, is that I think there's a lot of opportunities. You just may have to do several things at the same time in order to make a nice living. Mm-hmm. Okay, final question. If you're a young student looking to go into sports broadcasting, what are, what are kind of the cardinal rules, first of all, to get into it? And then when you eventually do get on the air, what, what do you teach these people? What are the, the big things that they need to know? Intern, 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 and intern not only you know at TV stations, intern at radio stations, intern on a magazine, intern at a PR agency, intern. All those things will make you better. I say just get as much experience as possible if you want to be on air, do high school games, volunteer for as much as possible. You just want to get as many reps read books about some of the great people that you look up to. Brock, I used to read books all the time about mm-hmm. anyone that worked at ABC Sports and study them. It's great now with YouTube. You can see everything. Study the greats. What makes them great? And do informational interviews. Well, I used to call people and say, can I just have 15 minutes of your time? Mm-hmm. It was funny. One of the people I, a- I asked um, to do that with was Bob Iger, who went on to be the CEO of Disney. That's probably, again, one of the reasons why I started my business is because I've had so many people be so lovely to me and help me. I guess when you're younger, it's harder to do, but that's the best thing you could do is just get out there and ask people and, like you said, do the internships and all that. But don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated by these guys because a lot of them are more than willing to help you. I mean, they're, they're great people. So. Absolutely. I always say to people, because it's, it's so funny, some people that are not necessarily in sports, but they realize I work with a lot of well-known people. They'll say, oh, you must have a hard time doing what you do. And I said, actually, I don't. I said, 90% of everyone I work with is amazing. Well, this has been great. I'll tell you, I'm glad we finally were able to get together and uh, we have to do it again sometime. Oh, I would love it. And Gary, you are just one of the nicest people in our business. So I'm so grateful to you and I'm so grateful for our friendship. And thank you. I'm honored to be on your podcast. Very good. Thanks, Amy. Or <laughs> Annie. Amy's my producer, so <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, I Amy, Annie, I answered anything, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Our guest has been Annie Hoffman. I'm Gary McKillops, and this has been Sports Across the Board. You've been listening to Sports Across the Board. Join us next time as we take you behind the scenes on everything from the big events and the big issues to discoveries that are changing the world of sports. Sports Across the Board is an exclusive presentation of the McKillops Group. If you like what you've heard, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.